This message comes from sponsor Constant Contact, helping small businesses and nonprofits stay connected with customers, grow their audience, and do more business. With email marketing, list growth tools, automation, contact management, social ads, and more, Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits reach their goals faster. An easy to use interface and thousands of integrations deliver big marketing results. Start your free trial at constantcontact.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts, supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring conscious leadership for a better tomorrow. Evolution involves disruptive transitions, dissolving rules, failing concepts, and crumbling structures. As old systems deteriorate, we can be left floundering in the chaos. It's challenging enough on an individual level, but now the entire Earth is in transition. Never have we been in greater need of competent, compassionate leadership. Yet, historically, only too often, leadership roles have been filled by bullying, domineering, power-hungry, and exploitive individuals. What will be required from the leaders of tomorrow? Where can one obtain the knowledge and skill to be an effective leader? How can one find the wisdom to lead such transitional times? How can we transcend the stigma left by irresponsible, self-serving leaders of the past in order to trust competent ones in the future? With us this hour to explore effective, compassionate leadership is John Baldoni, author of 14 books, including his latest, Grace, A Leader's Guide to Better Us. John is a leadership educator, executive coach, and speaks throughout North America and Europe. John established a career as an executive coach where he's worked with senior leaders in virtually every industry from pharmaceutical to real estate and finance to healthcare. 
John has received numerous awards for his work, including Inc.com Top 100 Speakers in 2018 and Top 50 Leadership Expert in 2014. Across America honored John with its Lifetime Achievement Award for Trust, and Global Gurus ranked John number nine on its list of top 30 global leadership experts. His website, johnbaldoni.com. John, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Well, thank you, Gwilda. What a warm welcome, and I'm happy to be on your show. Thank you. You bet. How did you become a leadership educator and executive coach? That's a good question. My original um, field was corporate communications. And as such, um, I came in contact with senior leaders in organizations because I was a speech writer. And they challenged me to write about themes related to leadership. And I was so enamored of the topic. um, I thought, boy, I would rather be Um, standing on stage than writing backstage. So I, in a sense, crossed the Rubicon because uh, the one hallmark of speechwriters is anonymity. (laughs) There's no role for us on the stage. So I went back to school, got a master's and um, have pursued it. So it's a second career for me, something I've been doing probably for the last 25 years. So what, uh, what did you get your degree in to do it? My undergraduate degree is in, of all things, English. My master's is in performance consulting, which is a hybrid program of management, organizational behavior, and educational theory. Well, let's just dive right in. What is grace? Grace is the catalyst for the greater good. Uh, We are most familiar with grace um, from a faith-based culture, and we talk about grace as being uh, a gift and is given to us with no strings attached. And while it's ascribed to a Christian tradition, it is inherent in every faith, uh, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and goes back to ancient Greek times. And frankly, Gwilda, um, we are probably wired uh, as such. There's something called the altruism gene that scientists talk about, which is predisposes us to care for others, at least our family members. So grace is that uh, lubricant, if you will, that opens our hearts and our minds to the needs and opportunities of others. It seems like um, one of the things that would be diametrically opposed to grace would be fear, isn't it? Fear resides where there is no grace. Uh, Grace is um, can dispel fear in the sense that it gives you um, inherent. I believe in grace is courage. So facing our demons, external or internal, um, facing those big moments in our lives, adversity, and doing so with a sense of purpose and doing so with a sense of equanimity. You know, inherent in grace is the feeling of flow, of motion. And I talk about this in the book uh, because it's about, uh, we talk about people of grace, graceful movement, an artist, a dancer, an actor, an athlete. And that, if you think of it on a more metaphysical standpoint, there is a centeredness to people with grace. People who live with grace and share it are centered. There's an equanimity. There is a fluidity about their spirit that brings people to them. We simply want to be with them. It seems like that's a natural state of being. What pushes us away from that? Because I know there's a lack of grace in the world today. Um, I'm glad you think it's a natural state. I hope it is. Um, but I think our com- uh, humanity uh, goes against it. And I mean, and I mean that not in to throw stones, but we are fragile creatures. We are prone to uh, the, uh, the opposite of what Lincoln told us, the better angels of our nature. We get pushed and pulled by competing priorities, competing um, pri- uh, differences. We want to strive, and which is good. We want to achieve. And sometimes we don't care how we get there. Um, we're also fragile in the sense that we hurt people. We say things uh, either intentionally or unintentionally. Our words can be hurtful. Our actions can be hurtful. And so that mitigate that goes against grace. Grace, on the other hand, it becomes our solve, becomes our balm, if you will, to uh, ameliorate that situation. So uh, the, the, the competition that we're living in right now, does that go back to fear of lack? Interesting. I'm glad you said that, Gwilda, because uh, 
Living with grace is an embracing of the spirit of abundance. There is more of everything. There is enough to go around. Scarcity breeds fear. Um, it's a contagion. It, uh, it, I have to protect myself and my own. And that breeds um, all kinds of, uh, or it breeds hostility. Uh, it, it may come out of a sense of protectionism, which is fine. But when we look at other people with a jaundiced eye, think, that they're trying to take what is mine, that breeds to uh, breeds unhealthy behaviors. You know, I think of an animal in a corner, um, and they're in fight or flight, and they're standing there, and they're trying to decide, am I going to take this thing out, or am I going to run away from it? And when we're in that state, our movements are jerky, everything's hesitant, there is no grace. And it seems like we're all kind of living in that state of fight or flight at this point. I think that's there's sadly I, I wish I would could disagree with you, Gwilda, but I think you're dead on um, because, you know, we're in a kind of a certainly in the Western world, a culture of grievance, which has come to it. And um, and so when we think of grievance, um, that leads to very bad behaviors. And um, Arthur Brooks, uh, a, an author and philosopher here in the States, just wrote a book and the subtext. I'm sorry. He talked about kindness. But. Um, in the subtitle of his book, and um, he, he uses the word contempt, and that really is the ultimate distancing. It's you and I may have different opinions, um, Gwilda, which is fine. That's how the world works, and in, certainly in a work environment, I, we don't want everyone to think alike. We want our ideas challenged, but when we get into ad hominem attacks, that's where it gets dangerous. But if I look at you because you hold one view or another, and I say, I hold you in contempt, that is my way of depersonalizing you. I, de I don't regard the humanity of who you are. As I deny your personhood. And when if I deny you your personhood, then I can look at you as less than human. And in the dark side of my, me, I can think of and I can act toward you however I want to do so. So it's a form of obje objectification, yes? objectification with a very bigoted out uh, um, uh, cropping. This is how genocide happens. So, Yeah, we've seen that. What, what do you mean by grievance? Um, us versus them. They got more than I did. Why did they get that? I did my part. So I didn't get my fair share. They got more than I did. A sense of inequality. And then um, getting stuck in that and uh, looping back and not being able to move out of it. Absolutely. And appreciate upon it. And, you know, there are people who exploit those sense of grievances um, for their own aims. We see this in dictatorships around the world, and we have for quite <laughs> for millennia. So, Well, even the media is exploiting it right now, isn't it? Um, Sensationalism, possibly. Uh, which, to, to, I'm not somebody who throws stones at media. Um, it's not, you know, um, we all have our flaws. I think in a truest sense, it reports on it when there are certain uh, outlets which exploit it. Absolutely, Gwilda. So, yes, you're correct that way. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about, you know, advertising, whatever it takes. If you can find somebody to get on your bandwagon, if they're polarized, it's easier. P polarity may sell. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, give... give Give them a demon and you're happy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, on the other side, we're going to have to take a, a quick break here pretty soon. But on the other side of it, I'd really like to get into grace as, as it relates to leadership. And um, so we will take a quick break. John and I will return on the other side of a commercial break. You are listening to the Mission Evolution radio show, missionevolution.org. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. John and I will be back. Don't you dare go away. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. 
yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our guest this hour is John Baldoni, leadership educator and executive coach. His website, johnbaldoni.com. John, we were going to talk about uh, grace as it relates to leadership. Absolutely. The subtext of my book is A Leader's Guide to a Better Us. So the book is filled of stories of people who act with grace, and some are recognized leaders. Others, uh, we know them only in their communities. Um, As part of the book, I turned grace into an acronym, and it's uh, G is generosity, respect, action, uh, compassion, and energy. And generosity is that sense of openness, looking at potential uh, people. Respect is that uh, sense of open-heartedness. I look at you as a contributor. I will assume the best of you until we think otherwise. Action, that's what leaders do. They make a positive difference. They act on the behalf of their organization and their team. Compassion is that ability to care and to love. And energy is leaders who are going to act must keep themselves energized and focused, and they also catalyze and energize the organization. So how does grace relate to flow? You mentioned flow. Flow is a very interesting concept. Um, It's um, addressed in um, a lot of spiritual uh, circles. So how does grace relate to flow in uh, leadership? It's a good point because, um, and and great... Leadership is action-oriented. It must be based in thought, deliberation, of course. Uh, It's anchored in our purpose. But the outward facing of leadership can be grace. And so that's where it gets into flow. Flow in the sense of um, both a sense of presence, being in the moment, of the moment, but also looking ahead and looking at maybe things with a more unified, holistic sense, rather than me versus you. It's me and we, moving, migrating from me to we, as we say. So in that sense, it's more, um, there is a sense of flow. Boy, it sounds like something you really have to, um, you know, get behind, because we only have effectiveness in the moment, and yet, if we're being leaders, we're planning for the future, taking the events of the past and deciding where to go in the future. How can you balance those two? Well, I think, <laughs> um, artfully, and, and I'm, I'm glad leadership by its nature is activist, and grace, outward directly, is too. But there's a sense of flow and a sense of leadership, which is connectedness. And that is my relation to individuals. That, in a sense, is it's not active in a motion sense. It's active 
in a heart sense. In other words, I reach out to you. I'm there for you. We are connected in that way. We are kindred spirits. In that sense, there's a kind of, there, the connection is, um, uh, together is a form of energy, but it's not as activist as making things happen, which is what leaders must do. So when you're connected like that and viewing the other person instead of a, a, somebody that's underneath you as, um, as a, a beautiful living spirit and you have that connection, does that help you access and their gifts um, and know how best to position yourself in them? I think absolutely. You know, if we take this mindset of, as you spoke earlier, about abundance, um, abundance also uh, uh, is in human behavior. What do you have to offer others? And how can I look beneath that? And this is something in a leadership standpoint. Um, and I see this when new leaders take over. Very often, um, they'll look at people who, uh, who have been maybe passed over by a previous boss and maybe they got crosswise with it. And so their talents were sidelined. When they come in, a new person comes in, you have the opportunity to start from scratch. And so you can bring out, you have the opportunity to say, how would you like to contribute? How can I, and my role is, as a leader is, how can I bring the best out in you? So in that sense, we're getting back to the spirit of abundance and how can we all contribute? Because we all have something to give. Tell us about vision. Uh, I'll let me back up just a quick step. Um, purpose is uh, something I've written about a lot. And purpose is sparked by the why of what, what we do. That's not my original thought. It's a lot of people have talked about that. And purpose, from purpose comes your vision. And it also sparks your mission. Vision is the sense of becoming. And for what do I want to be in life or what kind of an organization do we want to be? It is a process. It is an aspiration. It's probably never going to be fulfilled because it's not a goal. It's an aspiration and it focuses us. Our mission is what we do. You can think of the mission as the building and the doing. Grace comes into this in my little triptych. It's mission and values. Grace is our value system. This then becomes our how we do things. We can achieve our purpose with kind of a, a, our put our blinders on and go straight at something and come hell or high water. I will do this. Okay, that's all right. But better, certainly from a leadership standpoint, to bring people along with you, not trample over them. And that's where grace comes in. What are our value system that what we believe in? How am I treating people, treating people with respect, dignity, um, um, looking at their bright side, appealing to the better angels of our uh, personality? We know all this sounds really lovely. However, <laughs> uh, you mentioned something early on in the first part of the segment, and that's about facing our demons. It would appear to me that in order to access a part of us that can accomplish what you've been talking about here, we have to back up and really look at what stands between us and that. Would you speak to that a little? Yes, I think that... Um... I mean, you did mention I do a lot of executive coaching and executive book coaching. Our role in so often is to heighten self-awareness, to ask questions or to engage in dialogue or um, practices that enable an, a person to look at both his strengths or, as well as uh, his shortcomings. And so only by acknowledging the pluses and minuses in us, can we look at life realistically? Um, and life is full of adversity. How we, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's how we respond to adversity that defines us. It's been said many times that, uh, that adversity defines character. It brings out what is already there in a person. And so often people who go through a challenging circumstance, be it a defeat, be it a disease, be it a loss, and they come, they say they come out more, more strongly on the other end. And um, that's where they have gained strength. They have learned about themselves. Uh, they have accomplished something and they go forward in that way. But there's other people that choose to remain forever in victim and um, a grievance, if you will. Yes, and that's very sad. And, and I think that and um, I don't want to cast blame at them because 
they maybe never had um, anyone to help them guide them out of a, of a path. They never received counseling or they didn't have a trusted friend or they didn't have people around them who could point to the bright side or sadly they were faced with constant adversity and um so that you're absolutely right and so that that's where grievances build up and but the thing about grievance or hatred or bigotry it's such an energy um de-energizing it just takes uh, it takes the spark of life away it's like walking with um lead in your shoes you you there's a heaviness to you and there's no joy it, it erodes all the 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 um potential that you have and that's what we look at the leadership it's up to that leader to be a, to help spark a source, a source of energy so that fee, people feel we use the word empowered they feel that they can achieve something so it you feel that it's the role uh, of the ruler <laughs> of the role of the leader if they have some of those people underneath them that they have to um, bring the best out in them how how best do you approach that well, I, I said this before, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but it's looking at people's potential. It's looking at them with an open heart. Um, it's also, be, I mean, from a management standpoint, it begins with a conversation. What do you want to achieve? What are your goals? Uh, and if those goals are in alignment with the organization, then you can achieve something. But if you, uh, if those goals are out of alignment with the organization, you're probably not going to be happy there. But it begins with, in, in, in a broader sense, to get it back to, it's a kind of conversation. What is conversation? It's a form of connectedness, getting to know someone else. Many people don't know their goals. Um, they might think they know their goals, but they're creating solutions. Is there a way to work through that with them? Absolutely. I mean, there are uh, many tools. Uh, d discovering your purpose or um, asking questions is basically, it often gets down to um, what gets you up in the morning? What do you really like to do? What do you want to do? And from that sense, you can to say, well, that's what I'd like to make my career or that's what I would like to pursue. Now, on the other hand, all of us don't have that opportunity sometimes to do a job that we're totally fulfilled in. So we use that. You can use that job as a stepping stone to what it is you really want to do, i.e. spend more time with my children, be active in their growth and development, serve as a volunteer, um, uh, enable, have the time to um, work on an activity for myself or engage in a sport. So have an outside life, if you will. So, I mean, I think that's a way of looking at how you can uh, achieve what it is you want to achieve either with work or in spite of work. Really, really good point. Well, it is uh, time for another short pause. John and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you folks stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xlbn.net. For past episodes, visit our website, missionevolution.org. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? 
When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, MissionEvolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with leadership educator and executive coach, John Baldoni. His website, johnbaldoni.com. John, we were getting into some pretty interesting stuff, and one thing that I wanted you to, to help us with here is you talked about vision and mission. You know, a lot of people have a vision, and they have trouble getting from vision to mission or sacrificing, uh, you know, the, the vision for the reality of the mission. How do you deal with that? Um, I hadn't actually thought of it in terms of um, sacrifice, although sacrifice is an, a word that's inherent in leadership that we don't talk enough about it. Leaders must sacrifice for their teams in the sense they give back their time, they invest their time in that. Um, ideally, a vision and mission should be uh, unified. So in other words, um, I want to, um, um, I see my role as serving other people. So my mission is I am a nurse, I am a therapist, I am a this, or I see my role as a, uh, a designer. So I work as an engineer or a graphic artist or something like that. So in that way, I see them entwined. If your vision and mission are out of alignment or, or not consistent, then you have to find a way that to reconcile them and it won't the reconciliation won't be through your work. It'll come in your personal life with your family or your personal activities or your volunteer life, something like that. That's how I would that's how I would deal with that. Quota. So in other words, if you're in a job that doesn't necessarily fulfill your vision, you fulfill it elsewhere. Absolutely. Interesting. So um, if we're working as a team, um, do you spend time having the whole group uh, go from make create a vision and then go from there into mission? The, the, when organized, I specifically don't work on, on visioning. There are many capable people who do that. It's not my area of expertise. But when there is a vision, a visioning process, it always includes the mission. Because the vision is a uh, what you want to achieve, and the mission becomes what you do. So in other words, if it's just a, a sense of becoming, then nothing happens. <clears throat> there must be the doing, and so that's where mission comes in. Does there need to be a certain amount of flexibility? Because vision seems more like a um, conceptual, spiritual sort of approach, and um, then the, the actual creating it, doing it, um, is moving it into the ordinary reality world. Is there, do you have to be flexible there because some things just don't move from one way to the other? Absolutely, and that's a good point. We like to say that, an or say from an organizational standpoint, the vision will be lasting, okay? Um, but for example, let's take a cardiac care center, okay? They want to be, their goal is to be the most respected and, and the, the number one choice in its community, all right? Their mission is to provide car cardiac care services. And so they have teams of cardiologists and they have heart surgeons. They also have technologists. They can adjust that mission by adding rehabilitation services where they bring in exercise physics physiologists and nurses and counseling and coaching and all of those kinds of things that augment that. If they decided to merge and be off or something else that's related to, you know, pulmonary or heart, you know, lung development or something like that, that's complementary. So your mission can change, but your vision of being 
what it is you want to achieve kind of remains the same. Now, can you change your vision? Certainly, circumstances will change that. We see that all the time. People have a moment of awakening where they're in a, a job and they find fulfillment, something happens, they see an opportunity, they say, you know, I was put on this earth to do something differently and I'm gonna go pursue that. So yes, you can, there's a, but when we think of it from an organizational standpoint, typically the vision stays the same, but mission may adjust over time. So what's the relationship of mission and purpose? I think purpose is the spark. It's the it's the why of what we do. So it's more akin to your vision and in the sense of my spirit of becoming and which dictates what it is you do. So I want to be uh, help people. So what do I do? I'm a nurse. I'm a doctor. That's my doing. So it. A lot of people thought, well, what's my purpose in life? What's my life purpose? Do you believe that we come with a purpose or is it something that we develop? Oh, that's a, I, it's probably a chicken and an egg question, Gwilda. I think some people feel they were born to do that and others feel they discover it over time. I know in my own career, um, my purpose, uh, which is to help men and women learn to live and lead more purposefully, is an evil evolution. I didn't have this vision when I was 20, um, but I have it now when I'm in my 60s. Hmm. You speak of leadership purpose. What is that exactly? Well, a leadership purpose is the sense of what a leader does to drive home the why of the organization, to make sure that people and the organization are pointed at the right things. We are focused on what we do and how we do it. In other words, how do we treat our customers? How do we treat our constituents? And more importantly, how do we treat our, org our employees? And very importantly, when it comes to leadership purpose, it's the internal aspect of if you want to give great customer service, if you want to build great products, you better treat your people uh, uh, positively and provide them with opportunities because they're the ones who are doing the mission. They're the ones who are building the product or delivering the service. The better they feel empowered, the more they feel part of the organization, the better that stakeholders will will feel in their organization about that company. So. so tell us about the concepts of mercy and forgiveness as they relate to leadership. Mercy and forgiveness are integral. And mercy is that thing of understand, looking beyond and uh, saying that, okay, you transgressed and I, and if you acknowledge your transgression, then you move forward. You are forgiven. And forgiveness is, is the antidote to, resent, to resentment, but also grievance. When people feel that they are wronged and they can't let go, um, that's when we need an, uh, mercy. And so that person was wronged. How do we make it right? So they can let go of that sense of grievance and, be and make amends for them so they can move forward. And the sense of mercy um, is overlooked, I think, in our culture, especially we sort of, you spoke earlier about the media. We live in a kind of a gotcha culture. We like to build people up. And then as soon as they make a mistake or we perceive they make a mistake, we play gotcha and we tear them down. We show them no mercy. Now, if someone commits a, a crime or is uh, bad, then they have to pay consequence. But, you know, we, we sometimes um, demonize people for a faux pas or for saying something inappropriate um, that was kind of spur of the moment. What they said was wrong, but it doesn't define them as individuals. That's where we need to show mercy. That's where we need to show forgiveness. What do you see as lacking in our current leadership practices? Well, I don't think there's anything lacking in leadership. And by what do I mean by that? What I mean is leadership is an aspirational quality. Leadership is focused on doing the right things at the right time with the right people. What gets messed up is our management. Management is, and management is very important, but I, people who do not have, um, we call them leaders. Um, I don't, if, if you are, uh, I mean, we use the term, uh, a dictator, is that a leader? Of course, but are they living uh, purposefully and living uh, in a leader's like life? No, they're not, because they're all about self-enrichment or self-aggrandizement rather than 
um, sharing um, their um, power with others. So I don't think there's anything wrong with leadership. It's just the people who are purport to be leaders and they manage inappropriately. You, you mentioned something I didn't quite hear you, um, how you were defining leaders uh, versus managers or versus dictators. What did you say there? Leadership is about um, looking, leaders do what the organization needs doing. They are focused on the good and achieving positive aims. That's my definition of leadership and many others hold that kind of, it's a sort of an altruistic standpoint. So if someone is like a mob boss, you might call him the leader of the gang, but he or she is not acting as a leader. They are acting as criminals. You know, in in Ireland and Scotland and, you know, in the Celtic regions, um, originally the king and queen were the servants of the people and saw to their well-being and just collected them together. It sounds like this is kind of what you're getting back to. Yes. The, the school of leadership to which I belong is the servant leadership. A leader serves his organization. You're there. Your purpose is to serve the organization. And by serving the organization, you do whatever needs to be done. To fulfill that. Now, you may, ha may have to make tough and hard decisions. You may have to um, hurt people, in other words, to achieve your ends. And what do I mean by hurting people? In a management situation, you may have to close a factory. You may have to lay people off. Why do you do that? It's for the health of the whole organization. You do it as humanely and in a dignified manner as you possibly can. Doing it in an arbitrary manner, on a whim, firing people just because you don't like their looks, that's um, uh, cruel and, uh, and uh, hurtful. That's not a leadership behavior. Well, again, those kind of actions come from an unprocessed person. So it goes back into looking at yourself and dealing with your shadow before you try to take a position of leadership, doesn't it? I think it does, yes. But, uh, you know, it's interesting you mention an unprocessed person, and that's a good thought. But um, I think some of the most demonic people who are in management uh, would consider themselves pretty developed. And that's the scary part of it. Well done. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Well, we're going to have to look at the scary part on the other side of yet another commercial break. John and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net We have past episodes at missionevolution.org If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. 
To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or a guest, email us, info at missionevolution.org. Speaking of gifted people of service to the world, our guest this hour is John Baldoni. His website, johnbaldoni.com. John, we were talking about the spooky side of leadership. How can we hope to transcend the stigma left by irresponsible, self-serving leaders? It's a very good question. And I think it begins with a, um, an analysis of who we are as individuals, who we are as a people. Um, we can rise above this. Um, you know, there's <laughs> I love a, a wonderful quote was from a, um, a playwright that I always enjoyed his work as Horton Foote. He passed away recently in his late 80s. He grew up in East Texas and he always used to quote his great aunts who would say, boy, we've never seen times like this. Things have never been so bad. And they may have been bad or not, but I think all of us at times, we tend to look at maybe the dark side of what's going on. But, um, and, and certainly this is not to be dismissive because I do think there are some uh, uh, trend, ill trends that are shaping our world, not for the better. But I like to think um, that we can do better and we have the ability to do better and we must do better if we look at um, uh, people as contributors, as colleagues, as um, people whom, with whom we can partner rather than whom we can view as rivals. Or, or people to, to make us feel better by putting them underneath us, right? Yes. Yeah. Good point. Do you think it would be advantageous to teach effective leadership to our children in schools? Oh, absolutely. And, and it's interesting. But most importantly, uh, and it's funny, I tell this story. When I was growing up, I don't know that I ever heard the word leadership, certainly not in the context we use it today. But what I did see was I had my parents as good examples and I had my teachers as an example. So what we as educators must do is walk the talk, to live the values, to um, be seen as role models, to set an example for that others want to aspire to. And again, you meet, you know, people that I know in, in my world, successful people, invariably they will refer, refer, to, refer to their parents, but they will talk about a boss they had, a coach they had, a teacher who uh, brought out the best in them. That's the kind of leadership modeling we can do uh, for youth. Boy, we all have those people in our lives, if we remember back, don't we, that really made a huge difference by simply drawing out the best in us. Absolutely. And that's really what leadership is. If I look at you and I see Wilda, what can Wilda do um, that to um, how can she help our team? What are her strengths? What does she like to do? And how can I tap into that? And what's her potential and how can I turn enable her to achieve her potential? How do you see introducing children to these concepts impacting the world in the future? Well, I think it's just what I said before, it's through education, but it's, but children learn by observation. So if they see a parent, if they see adults acting untoward, if they see adults uh, acting with vulgarity, if they see adults cheating and lying and stealing, and then going and saying, oh, don't do that. 
Well, they're getting a bifurcated message right there. So uh, none of us are saints. We are frail. We will make mistakes. We at times may even um, do things that uh, are shameful, but not let those acts define us. Um, seek forgiveness for our mistakes. And, and from a child's standpoint, be the best parents you can be. You're not you're never going to be a parent, excuse me, never going to be perfect, but you can aspire to be better at what you do. And children pick up on that. Owning your own stuff in front of them is very useful, isn't it? I would say so, but, uh, you know, age appropriate too. So, right. You know, right. so. How, how do you see leadership evolving? Well, I, I, again, I don't mean to be flippant, but I don't know that leadership evolves because I think what we're doing now is a sense of what we've always done. If you look at leadership as in a servant mindset of serving uh, needs of the organization, what is different is our practice. Uh, once upon a time, we lived and most cultures were patriarchy, uh, patriarchal. Uh, they're no longer that way, nor should they be that way. So we need more difference in, in our workplaces and in our culture, celebrate our differences, be inclusive, um, recognize people of different mindsets, different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, look for leaders who are different from yourself. You know, a, uh, a, a certain way for an organization to get in trouble is when everyone um, thinks and does in the same way. We call that groupthink. Um, better or, or to cult. <laughs> oh, cult. Yeah, or cult. Absolutely. So by challenging us to think differently and practice that and put people who um, have been passed over, perhaps put them into uh, give them more roles of responsibility if they're deserving of it. That's how you um, evolve the practice of leadership, if you will. You know, we are in very transitional times. How can we find the, the wisdom, you know, where are we going to find the wisdom to lead when things are changing so quickly? I think you look around to your community and people that you respect, and invariably you will find them as people who are living a good life. And what do I mean by good life? I mean, they, uh, if they're in a leadership position, they treat their people well. If they're, um, or if they're in maybe in a ministry or in a coaching environment or in a community volunteer, they're doing for others. They are people who give of themselves to make their communities better. And I want to say there are more of them than there are of the takers. And that's a theory that uh, Adam Grant wrote about in his book, um, Givers and Takers. We know the takers. It's the givers that shape our society for the better. Who or what does a good leader follow? I think a good leader would follow his or her own voice to the extent that it's based in values. A good leader also listens to the voices of those he or she respects, be it a trusted counselor, be it a, quote, superior, because none of us have all of the answers, uh, but all of us can seek answers if we know where to look and at least find something there that'll give us purpose. How can a person tell if they're good leadership material? I mean, what inherent traits are required to be an effective leader? Putting others ahead of yourself. And it's thinking less of self and more of the team. The best leaders I've ever worked with are those when you give them a compliment, instantly they will say, it's the team that did this. Uh, it's my people did this. They seldom use the personal pronoun I. They default to the plural we. And that's a mark of a leader. Um, and a good leader is reflective. A good leader is humble. A good leader is vulnerable. And the sense of, uh, and that vulnerability and humility come from a sense of strength. Getting back to the concept of grace, it's a centeredness about them. They are not afraid to uh, acknowledge their shortcomings especially if they know that they can find support to overcome those shortcomings, uh, both either managerial or in leadership ways. So, 
is if, if you feel drawn to being a leader, do you think that by going over the principles that we've been sharing for the past hour, that you can um, groom yourself to become one? Or do you think it's more of a being born into it? I, some leaders, we use the term born into it. I think most leaders, it's in a process of acculturation. It's uh, sometimes when we say born, um, it comes out of a moment of no one else is around. I'm going to stand up and do it. You know, we take the model of the Roman um, uh, yeoman Cincinnatus, who said, you know, the people's uh, when Rome was falling apart, he said, no one else is doing it. I'm going to lead. And we see that throughout history. Um, but no, but then also we can teach leadership. Teaching leadership does not make leadership. Embracing leadership comes from a willingness to want to make a positive difference in the lives of the people around me. So it really all goes back to where we started, altruism. I could, I, yes, I think, I think so in a sense, but it's, it's altruism focused on a goal of, I want to achieve something. It's, I'd like to think perhaps I'm wrong of, uh, of altruism as kind of a state of being of, uh, a, a flow, if you will, but you have to, you have in a leadership standpoint, you have to, you have to add action to it. You have to make things happen. And that's what leaders do. We have less than a minute left. What impact will leaders that lead with grace have on the world tomorrow? They'll make the world in which they live better because they will assume an outlook of people are good and I'm going to bring the best out in them. And that'll change the world, you think? One person at a time. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a beautiful thought. And I, and I really love envisioning that because everybody just really wants to be good at the, at the core, don't they? I would like to think so. Absolutely. Yes. Well, John, it's just been such a pleasure listening to you. And, and I love the way you approach leadership It's so insightful. Thank you for bringing this beautiful work to the world. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, you are a terrific interviewer. Oh, thank you, sir. As always, though, time has flown and now we're out of it. Our guest this hour has been award-winning leadership educator and executive coach, John Baldoni. John is the author of 14 books, including his latest, Grace, A Leader's Guide to a Better Us. His website, johnbaldoni.com. For our amazing past episode collection, visit our website, www.missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. 
Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.